Hello, fitness friends, freaks, and fuckheads. Welcome to the How Should I Bro podcast. This is an awesome episode today because I have one of my friends that I've known for a very long time. He's done a whole lot of things in his life. You're going to love this podcast. But before we get to him, I want to talk about a few of our sponsors. The first one is Show Me Comics. Show Me Comics is the premier independent comic book company in the entire universe. They produce this badass 64-page full-color graphic novel called Hafu, and soon Hafu Book 2 will be rolling out, and you can get your copy at www.showmecomics.com. We're also brought to you by Extreme Krav Maga and Fitness, located in the Gravoy Bluffs area of Fenton. That's where I do all of my personal training, my boot camps, my MMA. We do self-defense, CCW, blah, 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 you name it, we do it. And last but not least, this show is brought to you by Broccoli. I love that green, fibrous food. Broccoli is what you need after you've eaten a shit ton of carbohydrates and protein all day to get your system cleaned out, to get your intestines moving and keep you from getting blocked up. But watch out because you're probably going to fart a lot. All right. I'm going to introduce to you a person that is one of the most incredible people you will ever meet. In his life, he has been an actor in a movie called Staunton LeBannon. He was an athlete. He once wrestled under the name of Mad Dog Daffroni and Dr. Love. And now he is an underwear calendar model. I would like to introduce to you all Mike Daffron. Hey. Hey. Uh, so, Mike, what have you been up to recently, man? You uh, you did all those shows back in the day. You were Staunton LeBannon. You were uh, a pro wrestler. And now you are currently a uh, calendar underwear model. Man, you've got quite the full schedule. Well, uh, I don't really like to dwell in the past. I just want to, well, except Staunton LeBannon, you know, that was really a high watermark. You can go on YouTube and check out Stunt LeBannon Part 1, Stunt LeBannon Part 2, starring me as Stunt LeBannon. Well, my most recent project, though, is the one that I'm most excited about, this underwear model thing. The thing about it is, you know, most people, if you approach them and say, uh, you know, you want to do an underwear model uh, calendar, yeah, that's that's pretty easy. You know, you just get up there and, you know, take your shirt off. And, I mean, I look pretty good. I mean, I work out and everything. But the thing about what I wanted to do was kind of bring about an underwear renaissance, you know, via this calendar. So, uh, when most people think underwear, you know, you got several types. Uh, You know, you got your uh, jogging shorts, you got your shoe streaks, but... I mean, we could really have a, an underwear renaissance because if you don't know, there are a lot of types of underwear that, you know, in the past was functional, but today can really be quite a fashion statement. So what I'm talking about mostly is things like uh, chastity belts. You know, those come back. Uh, well, at least I'm going to bring it back. Uh, but also, you know, the lawn underwear, the kind that has the button-up flap in the back. You know, you get that in there, but you think normally... Oh, throw that in December. That's when you need the long underwear. But that it's sexy. Throw that stuff on the June. The June photo shoot. You're going to be getting some sweat. You're going to be getting some sweat marks, you know? And you could just leave that back flap slightly askew, just slightly, you know? Show, show a little triangle of skin. And uh, tell you what, shaping up real nice. I think it's going to cause some renaissance. Oh, 
Yeah, speaking of the long underwear with the flap in the back, I was going to say, you've undergone quite a physical transformation over this past year. You, uh, I remember you sent me some pictures. You said you were going to you were gonna start getting into working out and lifting, and you just joined the gym. And uh, you sent me some pictures. You've actually got a, a six-pack now, and you've got some veins coming out on your arms. And now athleticism and beauty, that's something that runs in your family. Um, are you trying to follow in the footsteps of your brother Jim or your brother uh, your John? Well, you know, I mean, uh, sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. And, well, what I figure with the Daffron genetics, you know, if I if I don't if I don't really live up to my potential, I'm really uh, just wasting my time, you know, and and depriving the world of a great gift. The other thing about it, though, is that I've I just recently, you know, over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, had my my first child and realized that, you know, I want to be around to see her use a walker, so I got to maintain myself in some sort of a healthy shape, and that's really one of my biggest motivations. Uh, shout out to Avery. Thanks for getting me back in the gym. Uh, love you, baby girl. Uh, well, Mike, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the show today is uh, our topic is something that I see... And it bothers me, and it bothers a lot of people. I know that I'll get tweets about this. I'll get comments about it. I'll get people in the gym that come up and talk to me about it. And I, I, I do this thing on Twitter called Gym Live Tweet, where whenever I see it, I always point it out. And that is these douchebags that you see whenever you go in to work out. And they're the ones that aren't there to really – they're not trying to improve themselves athletically – they're uh, they're really just there to uh, to feed their ego. So I was wondering if you could help us out today with uh, with spotting, you know, who these people are, so that whenever you look at them, you can tell like, okay, that's a Jim D bag. You don't want to be like that. So I brought in a little checklist of uh, some of the people that I see at the gym that I think fit okay. the bill as a, okay. uh, a gym douchebag. So I'll start off. I'll give you my checklist. You can let me know if – because, you know, I've never seen you in the gym. Maybe you fit this criteria or maybe you see these people and it pisses you off. So the first thing that you gotta you got to look for whenever you notice a gym douchebag is the guy that's working out with his flat-billed hat. Now, you know what kind of hat that I'm talking about. This right. isn't like a normal baseball cap. This is the kind that's got that flat bill to it, and they kind of wear it off to the side. And then they'll usually wear a pair of like headphones over the top of that mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously they're there because they're trying to be a fucking DJ instead of work out. <laughs> and then the next thing is they're usually going to have a full sleeve of tattoos, almost always on one arm and many times on both. And then they stand with their arms so that their chest is kind of like puffed out and their elbows are rotated inwards because they're trying to squeeze their pectoral muscles. They're trying to look bigger than they actually are. And usually on top of this, they're wearing either a tank top or more commonly, it'll be like a cutoff T-shirt where they've, they've done the cutting themselves. Like it'll start at the shoulders and they cut this thing all the way down to like the last strand of fiber so that you can see like the side of their, their stomachs and torso and their ribs and shit. And then usually the last thing you're going to notice is their workout routine consists solely of bench pressing, curls, and talking on their phone. So, Mike, I would like to know when you go to your gym, you know, do you ever notice people like this? Oh, uh, I wish I could say that I didn't, but all the time, you know, and you forgot one thing on your checklist there, Sammy. Oh, what was it? Uh, 
guys that, uh, you know, either as they're doing their curls or, or whatever exercise that, you know, because they do the exercises where they can just look at themselves in the mirror, but uh, they do the duck face, you know, they're doing a little bit of duck face in the mirror. I mean, it annoys me enough when it's a chick and a selfie, you know, that you see on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something like that, but, uh, you know, these guys are doing duck face right in the mirror. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, well, the picture you sent me when you were first showed me your progress, you were doing a duck face. Well, you know, sometimes you try to set a trend, but when you see the kind of people that are picking it up, you know, you got to disengage. Right. It works for you, but it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, we, it goes back to genetics. <laughs> so do you notice that with, uh, speaking of genetics, you know, your red hair does that tend to help you with putting on muscle mass, or do you think it makes it harder for you to put on muscle and get in shape? Well, I think uh, I think it actually makes it harder, you know, because the thing about the Daffron genetics is we were blessed with the kiss of fire, and, you know, that's kind of a leg up on anybody right there. So, I, I mean, i got to just think if it's a way of, you know, nature having a way of equalizing things out, so they're like, it's going to be harder for you to get cut and defined, you know, because you were blessed with that kiss of fire, yeah, which is fair. You know, we, we just keep everything fair, and uh, but I don't let it limit me. So do you think that your hair gives you an advantage whenever it comes to lifting heavier weights? Like maybe that maybe it makes you stronger. Like you, you probably wouldn't – you probably would never need to take steroids, right? No. And instead of taking steroids, all I make sure I do because, uh, you know, the red hair, the uh, – the more it's more of an auburn, the stronger you are. If it's more of a strawberry, you're not as strong. So I try to stay out of the sun because the sun's going to bleach a little bit to that strawberry quality. And that's just no good. You know, that, that limits my power. So by wearing a hat all the time, you know, well, a visor, you know, because if you have a if you have a strip, a strip that's auburn, that's usually enough. So the tips can be strawberry. But yeah. Pretty much, uh, that's how I do it. This is profound. <laughs> I've never learned this in school. <laughs> but it makes sense. It makes total sense. All these years, you're told that like <clears throat> vitamin D is good for you, and you should get some. Should get some of the sun's rays. But apparently, I just found you can out be genetically right. I didn't know that the, the not, color the color every, of your hair can determine how strong or how weak you are. Does this just apply to people with red hair or Earth's yellow sun? I doesn't make everybody is, a Superman. I wonder if we go ahead and test this on people with other you know shades of, of hair color. Well, you don't have to worry about it, Sammy, because uh, you ain't got no hair. <laughs> I would like I to say something on a serious note, though, if I can. Uh, you did mention the the hat with the uh, the headphones and everything like that. So, if we can seriously give some advice to our audience, uh, the thing that that says, other than the person's a douchebag, in my experience, is that's not functional. You know, if you were to lay down to do sit-ups, those headphones are going to fall off. You know what I mean? Uh, the hat's probably going to fall off, too. If you lay down on a bench, uh, I, re- I actually had a, a time where, you know, I had some headphones on, and they had the little function where you could, you know, if you reached up and grabbed them and pushed the button, it would activate the Siri on your phone. Right. And uh, I was doing, you know, laying on a flat bench, doing dumbbell presses, and when I came up, I had the headphones on, and the dumbbell 
caught the cord. So when it caught the cord, it ripped the one of the headphones out of my ear, and I reached up to grab it, you know, to make sure that it wouldn't come all the way off. I accidentally hit that Siri button, and at the same time, you know, now I know this isn't okay for 2015, but it just came out. You know, I'm a, I'm a child. I was born in, you know, the early 80s, and so I exclaimed, "Gay!" <laughs> <laughs> so I exclaimed, "Gay!" And the next thing I know, I hear in my other ear, the ear that's still there, calling Wayne. <laughs> this guy I know. So. Headphones definitely not functional, and you might accidentally call Wayne. <laughs> That's <not> tragic. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've tried to wear headphones in the gym myself, but wait, we're, are you talking about like the little earbuds that you put in, like the one that comes with the iPhone? Yeah, I mean that happened. You know, now I got a Bluetooth, and it's much better. But what I'm trying to say is if somebody's got the headphones that are big enough that they're wrapping around the outside of their hat, you know you can't take them seriously because earbuds are uh, fucking frustrating enough. I know. I've tried the earbuds before myself because I, I've i talked to people that wear the headphones, and now this sounded kind of legitimate, which was the other reason they wear them is so that people don't bother them while they're working out You know, because they, they think that they're so popular that they're going to get bombarded by other gym members asking them questions or, I guess, asking them for a spot or talking to them, which never actually happens. But that's, I'll say, okay, that's a legitimate excuse. It's so that it's like a warning to other people not to talk to you. So I would think, you know, with with all the, you know, ventures in athletics and as a movie star and an underwear model, you know, that would that would be a great reason for you to, to put those big headphones on so that people aren't bothering you while you work out. Well, not so much as an athlete. And not so much as an underwear model, because, I mean, come on. With those two uh, endeavors, you want people to talk to you. But being an actor, man, you got to get inside your own head. You know, you got to find that brain space where you can actually be that character. For instance, when I was playing Staunton LeBannon, I had to envision that the head of my you-know-what was black and blue from Kung Fu Fighting. If you're going to do that, you can't just walk around like everything's honky-dory. you got to have some sort of look of anguish. So if somebody had come up and said, Hey, Mickle Picklesign, you're the greatest. You are the greatest I've ever seen. And I would like to know some acting tips. That's going to put a big smile across my face. Then I walk on set with a little half-smile. Nobody's going to buy that I just did kung fu fighting with my you-know-what. <laughs> Um, if any of our listeners have not seen Mike Daffron in his uh, his cinematic epic film, Staunton LeBannon, go onto YouTube right now and type it in, and uh, it'll probably be like the fourth page. <laughs> <laughs> but actually type in Staunton LeBannon. And uh, it's a two-part movie. Check it out because it is it is Mr. Daffron over here in all of his glory and at his... Well, I mean, would you call Stan LeBan in your prime, Mike? Or do you think that there's still more inside there? That's the thing about Daffronian talent is it's cyclical. So you get to have multiple primes throughout your lifetime. But yeah, that was definitely a prime. I like to call it Rodimus Prime. <laughs> Is there any chance that we're going to see a sequel or a follow-up to Stan LeBanna? Because you were, 
You know, you were pretty young whenever that first movie came out, and with the shape, I I actually think you're in the best shape of your life right now. So, is there any chance that we could see you putting the sunglasses and the badge back on for maybe a, a sequel to Staunton Lebanon? Well, I guess you would technically constitute it as a reboot, but I have been doing a one-man show in Greenwich Village where, you know, that was one of my motivations also to, you know, get in better shape because uh, I thought to be more interpretive and artistic, it should just start full nude from the get-go. And, you know. All right, so because, you know, this podcast is it's health and fitness related, to uh, draw this back to that, I'm curious, what kind of a workout routine and what kind of a diet have you been following getting into shape for this one-man uh, show that you're doing and for these, uh, these calendars that you've, been, that you've been shooting? What kind of workout routine are you following? Well, actually, I'm glad that you asked that because, you know, I know how your diet is. You pretty much just try to stick to lean proteins and vegetables. And, you know, if you're going to have carbohydrates, you want to make sure they're quality. You know, you eat something like brown rice, oatmeal, or uh, having your sugars at least in the form of a fruit so they have natural fiber. Uh, I found that that works pretty well for you. But, you know, when you're somebody like me and you got, you know, uh, your hand in so many dikes, uh, <laughs> You know, just trying to make sure that those leaks are plugged up. I learned a really good dieting technique from the modeling world, actually, when I was doing my first uh, my first retro underwear shoot, which was in bloomers. A fellow model of mine turned me on to a diet that's real simple. It's only two things, champagne and cigarettes. <laughs> so I found that that, you know, serves out pretty well. You know, the the champagne's got a lot of antioxidants in it since it comes from fruit, you know, the fruit of the vine or fruit du vin, as, uh, you know, the Lebanans like to say. And then the cigarettes, you know, pretty much you could go out and buy your fancy pills, you know, your uh, thermogenics that suppress your appetites. But I feel that, like uh, cigarettes do that too, plus they give you something to do with your hand. I would assume that you get to, you get to interact with some of the... Uh some of the other stars in the in the modeling world quite regularly. Uh, the creme so, de la creme, you can call it what it is. Uh, and one of the problems that's always brought up in the in the modeling world is that you know a lot of these a lot of these women are going to extreme measures to keep the weight off, and um, you know like bulimia, you know, and actually. You know, like the girls will go in and they'll eat and then they'll be in the bathroom 10 minutes later, like forcing themselves to throw up. So I'm just curious. I mean, has this been a problem that you've ever experienced while doing the underwear modeling or do you try to stay clear of some of these bad habits? This is actually a great point. So what most people don't know is the reason that the models are so thin, at least the female models, is that uh, when they walk out on the catwalk during a live show, the focus is supposed to be on the clothes, not the not the girl. You know, so they're so real thin and seeing their bones because they want the human body to be more like a coat hanger, you know, or a clothes hanger. You know, the old mommy dearest, no wire hangers ever doesn't apply in the modeling industry. They want these chicks to be wire thin so that you're seeing the clothes and not thinking about, you know, them titties or whatever's under the clothes. So by doing that, you know, actually this is where Staunton LeBannon came in and helped me before I got to be a model. 
whenever I do a live show and I go out on the catwalk, I tell them, you know, there's a part of my body that's a pretty good hanger. I think you probably noticed it in Stunt Bannon. So, whatever I'm modeling, I just hang it off that. Oh, uh, that that may have answered a question that I had because when Stanley Bannon came out, uh, there's a scene in the film, and this is everybody talks about it. Like this is the fucking this is the selling point of the film is. Uh, well, just to describe it, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure that you go to YouTube and you look it up because after I describe this to you, you're gonna want to see it. So there's a scene where, you know, your well, not you, Stunt LeBannon. Sometimes it's hard to remember which is which. Stunt LeBannon is being tied up by these criminals, and his hands are tied behind his back. And the criminals get out, you know, their weapons. And they're about to do him in, and Stunt LeBannon starts to laugh. And the criminal asks him, he says, what are you laughing for? And Stunt LeBannon says, well, my hands may be tied, but my fly's down. And you proceed. Man, I don't even know if I can explain it. Tim, can you describe what happens in the scene? Imagine, paint this picture in your mind. A Caucasian Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee at his prime. In that, what's the movie where he's doing the nunchucks? Um, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Imagine the skill and finesse of Bruce Lee with the nunchucks in Enter the Dragon, but instead, Mike is using what the good Lord gave him between his legs. Exactly. He's using his dick to fight off these two criminals. So he's got this, what appears to be like an 18-inch wiener, and it... It's amazing. Like he uses this to fight off these criminals, and he unties his own hands with his cock. It's, it's really. I mean, it is. It's a sight to behold. So the question that everybody always, you know, asked when that scene came on is, was that special effects or was that really your your member? Was that really you, or did they use CGI to make that scene happen? Well, I could tell you that it's an independent film. So we didn't have a CGI budget, so take that for what it's worth. Also, I will say that what that was inspired by was growing up, we always loved MacGyver, right? But MacGyver, you know, that was coming in on the tail end of the the space age, you know, moving from the 60s, 70s into the late 80s. You know, after the Challenger blew up, a lot of people were kind of out on the space age. But uh, anyway, so it was kind of like MacGyver would always use some kind of a technical you know, way to get out of a sticky situation. What we wanted to do with Staunton LeBannon was bridge that gap from the space age to the new spiritual revolution that's going on across the world. So, when I get in that situation, instead of using some kind of technological mumbo-jumbo, I show the value of being in touch with your own body and how if you're being in touch with your own body, it can pretty much solve any of life's problems, which is why I agreed to come on this podcast, Sammy, because you're basically leading, you know, you're the spearhead of that new spiritual revolution to teach people how to be in touch with their own body and use it to solve all their problems. Right. Well, I don't know if anybody's in touch with themselves while they're listening to the show. I'm touching myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes me, you know, curious. Do you... Well, you got to stay limber. (laughs) Do you do any type of, like, uh, yoga or Pilates 
to increase the size of the flexibility of everything uh, that you do with your body and your body parts? Or is there any type of special stretching that you do when you're in the gym or any type of special lifts that you do? I mean, there's got to be something exercise-wise that you do to be able to pull off these perform these just incredible feats. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, it's that old uh, medieval version of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> that was developed in the French region of Burgundy. And actually, it was my ancestors, the Daphronians, that invented it. But basically what you do, you take a champagne flute, you put it in each of the uh, you know most easily accessible orifices of your body, and then you go through your stretching routine. What that makes you have to have is extreme control over your balance and your breathing. Because if you do it wrong... You're going to smash the champagne flute and all the complications that are going to come after that. So you're extremely focused, more so than regular downward-facing dog. It's inward-facing Daphronian. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. I've got a lot of clients that do yoga, and I'm sure they're, they're listening right now, and they're probably wondering where they can go to do such an intense midi and like is this a is there a certain gym they can go to to do this or is this just like a program that you do at home you could come to my house on friday nights where i when i'll be making coco vin which is a uh, chicken you know made in wine we're going to start out with that that's going to get you in the right frame of mind and then basically what i do is uh you know i have a relic from you know later decades which is a waterbed i know a lot of people don't have this anymore but i just take off all the covers and i slather it in baby oil and then we get on there that's pretty much the spot where you're going to do this uh inward facing daphronian oh man i have so many people asking me where they can go to do this now uh to go back to our original topic the the douchebags in the gym you know, one huge advantage you have by doing this stuff at your home is you don't have to worry about some of these douchebags. But I know that... With well, this- Sammy, I got a question for you. Because, sure. uh, you know, just like my prime is cyclical, well, trends in the gym are cyclical too. And one of the things that I find uh, really makes me mad is that, you know, uh, weightlifting gloves are not in style. Am I accurate when I say that? Like, would I come off as a douchebag if I went to the gym and wore weightlifting gloves? Uh, well, I mean, it depends. Are you talking about, like, these guys now come in and they wear actual, like, baseball gloves? And they look no, ridiculous. No, no, no. I mean, the things that you would get at a sporting goods store or something in the weight section. You know, uh, like fingerless man. weightlifting gloves. Uh, now the only people that you see wearing them are the women. Now, why is that? Because, you know, in all seriousness, I find that uh, half of getting a good workout is getting in the right mindset, you know, which is why I use the headphones. Have you seen that commercial where the guy has the little speaker and he's working out and it says, uh, music is my energy drink? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so, I mean, I'm a big believer in that, getting in the right mindset, getting yourself, like, if you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you're tired as hell, but then you put some headphones in your ears and it's got... Just this pumping, you know, technotronic kind of music that gets you all fired up, you know, or somebody that's just going to town on a loot, then either way, your blood's going to get flowing a lot faster. You know, it's about the mindset. You're going to have a better workout instead of a sluggish workout. So with the gloves, you know, I always felt like that was kind of like putting on a costume. (laughs) I I can completely relate. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, when I put on 
those amber aviators and starting Lebanon, it did have to work for me. I know I'm method acting for my next big role right now, just trying to get into it, but there's something to be said about that. Or when you're using a prop in acting or something like that. So what's with the weightlifting gloves? We can't use those no more? I I don't see a problem with them. I don't notice a lot of people wearing them, but that's a good point that you make. I do that. I have uh, I have these wrist straps that I wear, and um, you know, part of it is functionality. I need them because at this point, I've uh, I've lifted for so many years that I get a lot of joint and tendon problems in my wrist. So I use the the straps for stability. If I didn't have them, it would hurt. But I gotta admit, you know, on top of the straps, I'll take black athletic tape and I'll wrap it up you know tighter so that the straps don't come off it's kind of like now i'm in weightlifting exactly mode, that's know? how i get in the mood i feel like okay nobody else in the gym does that so i feel like i'm a little bit more of a like a bar, bar barbarian or a warrior by you know taping the actual wrist up on top of it so you know maybe maybe i should lay off some of the gym douchebags maybe that's like their way of putting on their war paint i was thinking the same thing so i guess where we have to draw the line on the true douchebaggery is where does your you know costume or whatever you're doing your music or whatnot when that line uh sacrifices functionality then you're a douchebag that's a very good point you know at what point is it no longer their war paint and it's just a costume you know it's like uh like i've seen those guys that uh have like the winter caps on you know like a snow cap oh yeah but they're in shorts and a cut-off shirt, you know, if the goal is to stay cool, you know, and let your body naturally cool as you go through the workout, the winter hat is going to sacrifice that functionality. I actually just tweeted a picture of a guy like that a few weeks ago. He was, uh, he was of course, just doing curls, and he was doing half curls. He wasn't taking it all the way down, and he had on the, uh, he had on the ski cap. He had on baseball gloves. He had on, a, like, a neon green tank top, and then he had on these small jogging shorts, and these like ridiculous tube socks so you know again they start going past functionality and there's just a certain look that they're trying to portray in the gym but i'm really man i i don't know what the fuck kind of look that is yeah so like i mean if you could walk by a guy and he's got a knit cap on it's douchebag bandana maybe that's his war paint <laughs> or if you go by somebody and they're wearing uh chuck taylor's Maybe they like a flatter shoe, you know, to be able to push her along the floor. Somebody's wearing combat boots, douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it changes my whole perspective. You know, I guess I, I, I need to let some of these guys off the hook. I shouldn't be so judgmental. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even bother me, you know, what somebody else is doing. Because really, I mean, in my everyday life, I'm, uh, you know, I don't really give a shit what somebody does okay. as long as they're not hurting somebody else. So I don't know why I should let it bother me in the gym. It doesn't help that, you know, I get people that that message me or they tweet me or they'll just in the gym, they'll come up to me. And I guess they expect me to point this stuff out like they feel like it's a, a communal thing to talk about some of these these bros in the gym. But I shouldn't let it I shouldn't let it get to me. I mean, if they're having a good workout, they're not bothering anybody else. It ain't a big deal. This shouldn't bother me. Why should I come on the air and talk about it? I guess because I know that a lot of the people listening, they notice this shit too, though, and they're just, they don't ever want to talk about it. So or, I have to be or, that voice. Yeah, that's a good point. Or maybe there are a lot of those guys that it's not their war paint. You know, they're following, 
you know, just trying to look cool, and it's not getting them in that right mindset, you know. Well, as a, as a method actor, you know, you could probably help them out. So maybe some of these guys are listening to this show, because, I mean, it is called How Should I Bro? And even though it's really meant to sound sarcastic, maybe some of these guys take it serious, and they think this show is going to teach them how to be a bro, and so they're listening like, dude, what should I wear? Like, should I actually wear this when I'm in the gym? Like, they need our help to know this, so... As a uh, you know, as a method actor and somebody who has to get into the right mindset, you know, what would you tell these guys fashion wise is something that acceptable or you know, what is the mental process they should go through to keep themselves from putting on some of this douchebag apparel? Well, that's a very excellent point. Uh, you know, I think what you need to do is start with a base layer. Like what are you wearing at your base layer? I uh you know, recently just wrapped up a film uh, where I was method acting, you know, I always method act, but I recently wrapped up this film. It was about uh, somebody that owned a bakery uh, before they got drafted into, uh, you know, the war in the South Pacific or, uh, you know, around not not WW2, but uh, the Vietnam conflict. It's called Vietnam Noms. And, uh, you know, I, I did about a 45 minute, you know, uh, scene in that movie where we're going through boot camp, kind of like Full Metal Jacket style. And I realized a lot about the military. Like, they're very functional. They're very utilitarian. So why don't you look at some of the, the things that the military puts on before they do their training, their physical training, you know? And in most cases, it's a simple pair of shorts, simple pair of shorts, or a simple short sleeve shirt, and some tennis shoes, you know? So if you're wearing jeans, you should know already that that's not functional. You know, just kind of look at that military example. You know, and if you go to most, like, high schools or colleges, the people that are going to be, you know, working out on, on sports teams and stuff, they're going to be wearing something similar. You know, just a, or a pair of shorts because they're non-restrictive, you know, as far as body movement, short sleeve shirt, and a pair of tennis shoes. Well, and, I mean, some of the accessories are also just ridiculous. Like, I've seen guys in the gym wearing, uh, like like these crazy bracelets and shit and things that have nothing to do with functionality. It's just completely for appearance. And uh, I don't want to just, you know, call out the guys, man. I mean, the the women are just as bad with this shit. Like, I get it. You know what? Yoga pants, very functional. And I am the last person on earth to ever complain about yoga pants. But, man, you also get the girl douchebags in the gym. They come in and they either have on these capri zebra pant yoga pants or they've got on these biker shorts that come all the way up to their ass cheeks they typically always wear a sports bra with nothing over it and they've got this continuous duck face and just a ridiculous amount of makeup on like i don't think at any point they expected to actually sweat during their workout i think any bodies wearing makeup to the gym they're already in the wrong mindset Right, because you're going to get in there and you should be working out. You should be sweating. That's going to make your eyeliner run. But uh, the workouts that they're doing, you know, aren't very strenuous. It doesn't cause their body temperature to go up. So and maybe not that's much. why. Maybe it, when they start feeling themselves getting that range, their first thought is, "Oh my gosh, my makeup's going to run," and so they hold back. So they got to bring it back down. And it's it's always the same routine. Just like the dudes are usually in there and they just bench press, curl. And text on their phone, the women that are the gym douchebags, it's the same routine of squats and stair machine. Squat and stair machine every fucking day. And it's like, you know, again, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're in the gym and they're at least trying, but for, for, for a large number of them, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Like, 
you know, maybe you, you can, you know, answer this for me. Do you think that the gym is like a great place to pick up a date? Like, could it be that they see this as like a singles bar or like, a, you know, like a social gathering? Like, they're not even there really for the for the physical achievement. They're really just there to try to meet somebody and maybe pick up dates. Well, I think it has to do with how much time you have in your day. You know, because you look and if you've got two or three hour block to be at the gym, then you can get in a legitimate workout and do all the hang around stuff. You know, but if you're in there to wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, get out and get on with life and start, you know, making great art for film, you know, or putting together a great calendar, you don't have time for all that. You know, so I think people, um, might use that as a social circle if they do they're probably dedicating way more time than you normally need for a workout all right well this is not really fitness related but you know i'm gonna have a lot of uh staunton lebanon fans and just you know mike daffron fans in general that are out there listening where is your favorite place to pick up a date oh that's a good question um and you know what even past that because I've got, you know, so many female listeners out there and, and some male that would want to know this. You know, what is your idea of a perfect first date? So where are you going to meet them at? And then once you meet them, you know, like, I know it's cheesy, but a lot of the bros in the gym do this. You know, they'll talk about they're so sick of using the same pickup line. So I'm, I'm curious what, what Michael Allen Daffron, Staunton LeBannon would, you know, would say in this place to get a date and then what your idea of a perfect first date is. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I guess my the best way to initiate it is you you always want to target a restaurant hostess. So when you go in, she's going to ask, "What's the what's your name?" So I can call it out, you know, for uh, for when the table's ready for your party, and you say, "Call me Doctor Love." So when the table's ready, they really don't have a choice. They got to say. Dr. Love, real loud. And then, even if she's not into it, a restaurant full of people just saw you be announced as Dr. Love. That's a pretty good way to break the ice. The other thing, my idea of a perfect first date would probably be uh, finding a discarded mattress, dragging it out, uh, you know, to a slightly overgrown spot that's more like a common ground in a subdivision wait till the sun goes down then you're gonna want to you know have somebody underage buy a bunch of beer for you get your buddies around and then just make sure that mattress is slid back behind the thicket and then just uh you know when you take it you take it wow that's yeah if i've got anybody listening out there that is interested on uh first day like that i mean you know the guy to go to um well this podcast is starting to uh run pretty long mike so we're gonna have to wrap this thing up so okay. uh okay. for all of our listeners out there how can they get a hold of you where are some places that they can see you at or contact you or are you on social media well there's two main places you can see me one is the silver screen the second is hanging on your wall with my new underwear model calendar um other than that, I just want to make sure that people know, just watch your television advertisements and uh, the advertisements on the Internet. You notice I kind of, you know, 
trying to, you know, I, I can only do so much Daffron and I got to do so much character when I'm, you know, working up to one of these big films. So just please keep an eye out on it. It's called Rumpstub in the Bronx. Um, you know, our, our biggest hurdle other than the performance and just trying to knock it out of the park is going to be getting this thing knocked down from an X to an NC-17. If we can do that, you know, a lot more people are going to be able to see it. Um, got good kung fu fighting and uh, and a lot of good rump stuff. I cannot wait. I, uh, I'm i really excited for all these films to come out. Anyway, you can follow us on Facebook at How Should I Bro. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us on there at How Should I Bro. And you can follow me at Sam underscore the underscore trainer. And uh, on Instagram, you can follow me at Adam Rowe STL. And you can also check out our Onyx Edge Instagram account. At Onyx Edge Studios. And you can follow me at Tim Hates You on Twitter. So for the How Should I Bro podcast, I'm Sam Richardson. <laughs> I'm Sam Picker. Telling you, triangle of flesh, partly open butt flap, June. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next download. <laughs> <laughs>